Hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. We have a packed show tonight. It is going to be fantastic. We got PGA. We got NFL. We got MLB. We have winning bets, which I'm very excited to talk about, too. But first off, see ya. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. You said it yourself, man. Uh, winning bets. So in DFS, I'm, I'm, I guess, triple what my buy-in is. You know, it's early, so whatever. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, I've got some prospects in some some really big DFS contests. I'm fourth in in one of them out of like 2,700, which is kind of cool. But the big thing was I tweeted out yesterday. You can go to my page at Najat and check it out. I tweeted out my first round leaders, and the first person I listed of only four was my man, Doc Redman. And he was your first round leader. So that ticket cashed. So I'm two in a row coming off the 80 to one uh, Dustin Johnson ticket. And now I got the doc. I, it's so awesome seeing these things kind of happen in front of me, right? Like I get to see what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you're doing it. And it is just so much fun, man. And and then just seeing you cash these tickets. And I, I know, you know, we spoke about it last week or on Tuesday. You don't really like to kind of show off and put how much money you, you made on the internet, but sometimes you send it to me and I like looking at those. So that's always a lot of fun for me too, but it is, it's awesome, man. I, I always congratulate you. You were touting doc, uh, everyone in the discord, they were loving him. And, uh, on your Twitter, I, absolutely. I saw that you were touting him a little bit and Hey, you're putting that money down and, Look at that. He's winning. You're doing something right, Sia. You're doing something So, you right. know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought up Discord because on the Tuesday show, we hit on a lot of guys. Like, I, I, I'm going to look at it real quick right now. But but the, I, I'm bringing this up not to celebrate us. I'm actually going to bring up an, an additional point um, that involves Discord specifically. But so we touted Doc, we, we, Glover, Hadwin, James Hahn, and Tringal. Like, I mentioned them mm-hmm. as my punt yep. plays. I mentioned four punt plays. Those were two of them. The third one was... Wesley Bryan, he's minus yep. three, so he's doing pretty good. And the last one was uh, Chesson Hadley. He's minus one, so he has some work to do. But all four of the, quote, punt plays are in, like, prime position, so at least with respect to their salary. So that's awesome. Uh, we, we touted Tyler Duncan. I, I mentioned Wes Bryan. We, we missed on a couple. Kyle Stanley I missed on for sure. He's he's definitely ruining a lot of high-profile teams. I mentioned Tom Hogue. He doesn't look like he's going to make the cut, but you never know. He's not out of it by any means. Um, but I'll tell you. One guy I mentioned, but I kind of mentioned him in a lukewarm way. It was Rory mm. Sabatini. So what happened was his salary was kind of out of control. Like he's solid. He has a good track record at this particular tournament. I mean, I should say th- this is only the second year there. But, you know, last year I think he came in third. So and he's, you know, he's a good course fit, all, all this stuff. So I mentioned him on the Tuesday show. But long story short, we got into the Discord chat and all of a sudden – after just talking and talking and talking with everybody, subscribers mm-hmm. to Steven, Antonio, Patrick, everybody, everybody was off Rory by the end of that Discord chat. So it's not that we were heavily on him in the first place, but it's funny because nobody was bitching about Rory Sabatini today because nobody had him. He was mm-hmm. completely filtered out of everybody's lineup because of how active we were on Discord. So alternatively, people had, you know, all of a sudden grabbed some shares of Tyler Duncan. People all of a sudden were grabbing more shares of Adam Hadwin. Uh, the Bryson-Webb Simpson debate kind of rang. And then, you know, Tyler Hatton was sort of thrown in there too. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't much talk about Patrick Reed. Fortunately, there wasn't much talk about Hideki. So, you know, a lot of times we come out with these early picks. Like I had the article on Monday. And, you know, as the week goes, you start to sort of, yeah. you know, grow your thought process. And lo and behold, some of the guys who really bombed, Scotty Scheffler, nobody had Scotty Scheffler in, on Wind Daily. Nobody did. Like, he wasn't talked about at all. And he was a fade to the extent he was talked about at all. So that Discord chat is just so valuable, um, even even with respect to my picks, because mm-hmm. to the extent I even thought about Roy Sabatini, he was a passing thought by the time I was putting my lineups in. 
I love it. And and obviously, you know, we put in those, you, you get those articles out, we get them out early in the week. We want to try and give people as much content. All of it's free, by the way, windailysports.com. All that information is free. You go there, you put that, those picks out. But of course, the one thing, and Steven Cicely Kid in the Discord chat, who is one of my favorite people to read his articles just because of how incredibly in-depth he goes with, with the, it's the ownership. It's going to come down to the ownership, who is owned, how, what that percentage is, and that's what's going to separate you, especially in these GPPs. It's one thing if it's a cash game and you're just trying to double up 5, 10, 20 bucks. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how you build a bankroll. But in these GPPs, you really have to have, what's that word we love, Sia? Variance, right? Variance. Yes, there, yes you got it. All right, great job. And, and, and by the way, you know, you mentioned the cash game versus GPP. You know, a lot of times, you know, on some of these other sites, you might see a guy just say, like, what do you think of this lineup? And somebody somebody will be like, oh, it's a great lineup. That's very good. You know, good job or or change this. But, you know, we're always asking the question, okay, well, what's this lineup in? Is it GPP or cash? Okay, if it's GPP, what what type of GPP? Are we talking about the mm-hmm. millimaker? Are we talking about one that's, you know, 100 or 1,000 deep? Because it's a huge difference when you're talking about 200,000 versus, you know, 2,700, like this single entry mm-hmm. tournament. Um, $33 single entry I'm in. So all of that sort of, you know, comes out in the Discord chat. And uh, we address it in our articles here and there too. Like in our articles, we actually mention mm-hmm. cash lineups versus GPP lineups. Yep. But long story short, all of that kind of grows and develops in Discord. So um, you don't have to be on Discord. You know, you can just read the articles. But as as lock becomes closer and closer, you know, we start to sort of develop our theories. And yep. honestly, I think everybody's doing well. Like if you, if you jump in Discord right now, there are already a few subscribers that, like they are they are very happy campers right now and a lot of them played showdown too so it's not like like a lot of them have already mm-hmm. sort of cashed their tickets so to speak and are waiting for the the weekend for their their long-term bets if you will so mm-hmm. you know everybody's happy right now i, I mean i i just wish i didn't have kyle stanley on some teams uh, that were doing no really well. you have to let me you have to let me get you into it man you gotta let me get you into it come on we got yeah, this back enough. and forth thing so yeah no no we're getting it we're getting better guys don't worry we're getting better and yeah i mean i think it is awesome to see this so many of the subscribers so many of the community members are crushing it and nick is actually here we're going to be bringing him in in a minute nick so give me just a second i want to hear this story from sia and sia I know you made, I guess, was it, a? You, I think your word was a mistake. I mean, you already cashed that 50 to one. So killing it, loving it. You could have a much, much worse day, but I heard you made a little bit of a mistake in a, uh, in a lineup right now. How's that looking? Yeah. So it was a, it, I, you know, I guess I'd call it a mistake because I made the wrong choice. So that's, that's the only thing I, I can call it. So <laughs> it's the, it was the $200 single entry contest. Okay. And I started out just, just really hot, you know, this morning, every, everything was sort of clicking except for Kyle Stanley. Well, what happened last night, I had sort of, de- I had made the lineup and I'd sort of decided I had a couple too many shares of Kyle Stanley regardless, but I was going to sub out Kyle Stanley for Scott Stallings for whatever reason, like picture me, like with my phone in my hand, I've already X'd out Kyle Stanley and I'm about to put Stallings in. And for whatever reason, I just decided, you know what? Let me just go with my original plan and put Kyle Stanley in there. And so I'm already like I'm already cashing in that tournament as, at the time I look, which is around like one o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Stanley is just completely bombing. So I'm like, all right, this this sucks. So then I did the math on on if I had actually put Stallings in, in st- which I, of course, shouldn't have done. You should. have done. By the way, the disparity between the two was like gigantic. It was like six and a half points versus like 58 because not only did Stallings score a ton, but he was in he was tied for first place 
or at the time I checked, he was in second place. So he's getting points for that too. The short of it is if I had made that switch, which my thumb was one click away from doing at the moment I checked, I would have been in second place for 15,000 and I would have been six points behind first place at a hundred thousand. And mm. again, that's sort of how DFS golf goes. You make some decisions, some are good, some are bad, but that one I really regretted because I, I really planned on taking Stanley out and I chickened out for some reason. Well, let's, let's see what happens. Uh, I think last week we were talking about Jordan Spieth. Uh, he was going to take your money from you, if I'm not mistaken. And that ended up after a couple days coming back and being okay. So I'm not rooting for anyone to do bad. I'm, I'm obviously rooting for the gentleman you took to do a little bit better, hopefully, but I, what do you always say? DFS golf doesn't really start till Saturday. So doesn't really start till Saturday. Let's take, we'll take your own tomorrow. medicine. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully it figures itself out a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's, that's a day. Um, any, anything else on the golf front? Uh, any, any other positive news on the golf front? Maybe we can get away from those, those negativities a little bit. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the positive is everywhere with, with respect to the first round leaders. And, and honestly, I would say 80% of the picks we talked about on Tuesday really came through on mm-hmm. our way above the cut line. So we're all good there. Um, as far as showdown is concerned, a lot of our subscribers have already jumped in talking about showdown. You know, I, I looked at guys that were, were pretty good, uh, T to green and just didn't really do great with the putting today. So there were a couple of guys I isolated, but honestly, because the tournament just, or the first round just ended like an hour ago, I haven't had time to really yeah. dive in, but I'll tell you, um, guys, I like just from the, you know, template I just talked about Victor Hovland, um, Harold Varner, the third, um, Christian Bezenhut. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Bezenhut, I think is how it goes. Harry Higgs. Um, and then I, I like Bryson regardless because he was just so on fire today. So if you can fit into your showdown lineup, that's great. But the first four guys I mentioned, I really like from a just sort of bounce back with the putter standpoint. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm going to dig deeper. We'll be on discord later and we'll talk about that, but other than that, I'll tell you, you know, so last Thursday, I gave yeah, where, you the DJ 80 to one shot. Where's our 80 to one, Sia? People are trying to so, make money, man. So, yeah, so this one's tough because, you know, last week I wasn't as afraid of DJ catching Rory um, as I am with the people in the back catching Bryson and Webb Simpson because Bryson didn't even have a great day today and he looked out of control amazing like even when he was missing shots he was burning those holes like he was missing drives like in the trees and he was burning those holes he there's nothing that really can intimidate him on this course so i'm a little bit more hesitant today than i was last week but i did pick out a few that i that i thought were at least reasonable from a value standpoint so adam hadwin you know he's minus five he's Mm -hmm. only two shots back he left a little bit on the table today too he's 34 to one i think that's pretty good value like I, i like Webb to finish higher than adam hadwin but Webb's like 11 to one. So what's the point of that? Right. Mm-hmm. So Adam Hadwin at 34 to one, I think is reasonable. Obviously Bryson's going to have to have a bad day for any of these guys to come back, obviously. But so the other two I liked, I'm only going to mention three because I don't want to just like overload it and then be like, Oh, Hey, I was right. Cause I picked yeah. 10 guys. So I'll just give you three. Um, Lucas Glover has been really consistent and really good. And he's been consistent through each and every round since the, the, the break. So him at 41 to one, looks pretty good to me. He's also two shots back because of his consistency. If you bank on maybe, you know, Bryson having a bad day or two or just a, you know, one bad round and Glover's just chopping away and just, you know, five under every round, all of a sudden, you know, he's there on Sunday. Uh, And then the last one, I had to find an 80 to one shot because that's what I hit last week. So Mark Hubbard at 80 to one is he's two shots back as well. He's definitely shown potential. His, his strokes gain metrics aren't like they're not amazing. Uh, mm. I really didn't have him pre-flop. I didn't have him in a lot of lineups, but a lot of people did. He was a popular player. But at 80-1, to 1, only two shots back, he definitely has some upside. Again, that's one of those 5 to 10 bucks, it's worth the sweat type plays, for mm-hmm. sure. 
All right. And uh, I look forward to taking that as a clip and being able to share it on Sunday as we did last time to show everybody that Sia and 80 to one, there's just something about them. And I think Jason is in 80th place in the Millie Maker right now, right? Again, something like weird like that, right? Something about 80, something, Nick, there's really something about 80 and, uh, and Wind Daily Sports, I think. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. So I know he was in 80th place. I don't know if he still is at the end of okay. round one. So I'll, I we'll, have to, we'll have to see. We'll have to, Jason, if you're out there, comment so that way people can, can see. But um, yes, we do have Nick here. So I'm going to bring him on in a second. Thank you for the PGA breakdown. As always, Sia, we appreciate you there. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love the betting aspect of it too. And yes, make sure to hop into the Discord free for three days. You get everything on the site. It's fantastic. You get Sia in the Discord telling you what to do. If you're playing the showdown slates, all our guys are there to help. Obviously, that Wednesday night, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that Wednesday night. But there are people, of course, people are rocking and rolling with the showdowns coming up. We have the matchup uh, matchup bets as well, which are always a lot of fun. So excited to get into those two. But we have, uh, we have a little bit more to talk about tonight. And we do have our friend, Nick. Brettwish, mm, do you guys like three next to each other? I don't think we can do I'm that. Yeah, that's kind of there <laughs> there go. Go. that's like a little bit that. better. That's Dude. a little bit better. We get more of the stash. There you just go right to it, yeah. man. We got the stash <laughs> and the old school socks hat. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And it. the jersey, baby. Somewhere. Oh, let's there we go. go. I only have like four Baseball, officially. This yes, is the first day back. I've actually cared about baseball just because of this show. And we've always been football all day, but... Love it. It's great to, uh, it's coming, man. What do we got? Three weeks. I just yeah. uh, talked to yeah. uh, one of my buddies on the Braves and he said they report tomorrow. So big day. Everybody's getting ready to go. Love it. We love it too. We'll get to baseball in a little bit though. We, we, I mean, Sia and I, if we're not ever talking, if we're not talking about football, there's something wrong with us, I think. And we don't want that to happen. So we I think, talk um, football. We yeah, because we're going to we're going to talk a little football. And I think the last half of the show is going to be a lot of baseball. So Nick and I are going to be in our glory. See, I might just uh, hop over to the discord for a little while. Yes. Uh, Quick yeah, question. You, Nick. yeah, that background's badass, man. Where'd you get? That? Yeah, right. It's pretty sweet. It's a uh, it's yeah. a real it's not like um, it's it's like a banner. That's we got awesome. a banner for me. No I do enough of these. Uh, shows. I gotta get one. Yeah, it's no like green screen. Full Screw living room. size really not- would be nice. I don't know. I like that guitar. It's never moved since uh, I've seen you do. Uh, <laughs> oh, I tuned um, it yesterday. Yeah, I tuned it that's, yesterday. Yeah. That's such a subtle brag, by the way. Right? It's like, hey, by the way, just in case you didn't know, I play the guitar. Don't worry about yeah. it. Don't worry, uh, everybody. If you're, my, if you're paying attention, you'll know. Um, <laughs> but no, we have a lot of football to talk about, or a decent amount of football, but then a lot of baseball, which I'm very excited about. We got some over-unders. I don't know who put the White Sox there. Really curious to see who that was. A little fantasy that we'll be talking about. Very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it is. But let's start with the NFL. So on Tuesday, or was it last week? See, I think it was last week. The uh, Hall of Fame game, I think, got canceled. And people were up in arms. And people were going crazy. And Sia said, uh, do you remember your quote? I I took the clip, so maybe I'll just share it again because it was pretty funny. It was something along the lines of, if you didn't think this was going to happen, I'm sorry, but you're stupid. I don't mean that in a mean way, but you're stupid. I, I'm almost like 100% on that. Sia, you are now right. Multiple games have been canceled. The preseason, the first game and the second game. I think they just shifted everything over a couple weeks. How Are you surprised about this literally at all? Or do you think so dumb was, people are still surprised about it? it? It wasn't just a week and a half ago. You know, we were saying this on, I was saying this on Sirius XM with, uh, with Jason as well, like a month ago. I mean, we were talking about lines... And we were talking about rookies in particular from a fantasy standpoint in the context of, hey, they're not going to have a full preseason. They're not going to have a full training camp. And that's why some of the guys that we talked about, some of the rookies we talked about, we had sort of docked a few spots because we just didn't think they were going to be integrated into the offense 
quick enough to have an impact week one, week two, week three. So that's sort of a different conversation. But yeah, no, I anticipated this. What I worry about when news like this comes out that is sort of obvious to people who, who are sort of in, in the know, at least with respect to the NFL or some of these sports, is that we kind of know that's going to happen, but everybody else doesn't necessarily know it. So they react to the news in a way that that makes it seem like it's doom and gloom for these leagues. And it's like, no, 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 this was the proper protocol. This is the, this is the exact thing they should have done. And no, it's not a surprise at all. Yeah, I don't think it's a surprise at all. I think the doom and gloom, that's the 24-hour news cycle. That's people... Um that's just people now and it's kind of frustrating and I hate all of them, but it is what it is. I love all you guys though. I think that's the important part. Nick, in terms of fantasy, do you think, you know, obviously as Sia just said, you know, especially with rookies, does this, I mean, I don't think you've made your entire board yet, but is this going to move anybody around the board knowing that they're essentially one preseason game for some dudes? I know the Rams the last few years have just punted on preseason completely and they've been pretty fine. Um, Does this move anybody up or down your board for you? No, the board's actually complete. I will uh, share oh. it with you whenever yeah, you right want now. it. But yeah, Whatever. I'll share it right now. Hell. Um, but no, I, I don't think it does anything for my board at all. I mean, multiple teams last year punted the preseason. I know, you know, just locally here, the Bears really didn't play anybody in the preseason and they started off very slow. So whether or not, you know, that's such a small sample size, I don't mm-hmm. know. And you said the Rams too, they kind of never play anybody. I, I don't necessarily remember how they started last year. I think it was pretty slow too. But it's going to be such a weird year with all that, the safety and everything. So I don't know. I, I think you guys know as much as the next guy. It, it's all opinion based unless you know somebody on the inside that, you know, maybe these guys aren't working out as hard or the DBs aren't playing press coverage and, you know, full contact in camp. That's obviously going to be something you really need to work through to get ready for game one. You know, you don't want to just go out to Buffalo and play Stefan Diggs if you never played press coverage all, you know, since last mm-hmm. January or February or you know depending on when your team was eliminated so I don't know it, it's just so weird I, I hope everything goes well everything goes smoothly in camp I, I don't know if they're going to have that mask helmet or <laughs> you guys see that oh, at God, all like no. I, I don't I hope not I think just the NFL is such a powerful entity is you know the English Premier League's plan the NFL is not going to take a backseat to them and cancel this the season I think it's it's just like any other job you know if people are going to get it they're going to go to work. So they're going to, it's just like golf. They're going to work away around mm-hmm. it because we have to have it. The NFL has to play. America needs it right now. We all need it. So I don't know, but yeah, regardless of your question, I just think it, it's impossible to tell. I'm not moving anybody anywhere based on COVID just because no one knows what to expect. So Nick, let me, let me ask you something because you know, the scouting report coming out of LSU was that Clyde Edwards Hilaire, to the extent he needed to work on something, it was his pass blocking. So knowing that there's an abridged training camp and knowing that there's, you know, two preseason games that he might not even play and maybe he plays in one, who knows? I mean, you know, does that, do you hesitate? Like, I'm not a big Clyde Edwards Hilaire guy, just from a fantasy standpoint, everybody's sort of bigger on him than I am. But, but here's the point. Let's say he's a mid second round grade for most people. Or let's say he's a mid-second round grade for you. Would you hesitate to draft him there because you know he just hasn't had enough time to 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 work on pass protection and things of that nature? That's a great question. I think if I'm going to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I want Damian Williams because I'm not necessarily drafting Ceh. You know, I'm not drafting him. I'm drafting the system. I'm drafting what should be the most scoring offense in the NFL. Let me drain this. the blind down here. The sun's coming in my eyes. Sorry. I thought it was very, um, it was yeah, weird. there we go. All right. Really but yeah, I think long story short there, if I'm drafting Clyde Edwards, Hilaire for that exact example, I'm drafting that system. I'm not necessarily 
just buying in on him. I want Damian Williams too because you saw him produce at an elite level and t- at times last year. And with the pass blocking thing, again, it's it's an, a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire thing. Kansas City really doesn't ask their running back to pass block at all. So when I watch the tape, like I, I know that's the knock on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but they really never ask the running back to do that. Maybe if they want to protect Mahomes a little bit more after the knee scare last year, I get that. But that offense is what that offense is. I don't see them changing a thing. They get the ball out so, so quick. You know, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say, Nick. So, same question though for for somebody that might need a little bit more protection than Mahomes, and that's Tom Brady. So, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is sort of a hot name. I'm I'm kind of a more of a Rojo guy personally. Uh, but sure. but the point is, is if if you're big on Keyshawn Vaughn, do, do you hesitate there because maybe he hasn't really gotten in the system, or, or are you just are you just selling Keyshawn Vaughn anyway because you're a Rojo guy as well? I think yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily a Rojo guy. I was last year just because of value on him. Like he was like round ten in drafts last year, and he was still an RB one on the depth chart as much as a dumpster fire as that running game was last year. But I think that's a much better question because you know how Brady loves to use people he trusts. So if he's not in camp early and getting involved with this offense outside of Zoom calls, I think all the teams are doing right now they're just kind of going over the playbook and talking to the coordinators. I think that, yeah, that's a spot. I'm going to sell him regardless. I think it's a great upside pick, but I don't necessarily want to draft both heads of the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, running back system like I would with Kansas City because I just trust that offense so much. I just want a piece of it. I don't really want a name of it. I just want a piece or if not two. But for Tampa Bay, yeah, that, that's a very hard question. I think I'd for sure sell Keyshawn Vaughn just for that exact – I mean, CM made a great point. I wouldn't word it any other way with – uh with Tom Brady and trust factor and everything in camp, that's that's a scary one right there. It definitely will be a little bit more difficult, especially for those rookies. And we've been saying that for a while now. We were saying that before we knew there was two less preseason games. I guess, see, from a betting perspective, from a futures perspective, does this change anything in your mind? I mean, as as we've been seeing, it's becoming more and more commonplace for teams to not play any of their starters, essentially, during the preseason at all. You know, the Rams did it and outside of last year where they still finished above 500, whether they should or should not have, that's another conversation, but they've been pretty good the last few years, not playing their starters ever. Uh, as, as Nick said, the bears, little different situation. So for you knowing now there's two less for everybody and potentially some teams are just going to say, you know what, we're just, we're just punting starters in the preseason. Does that change anything in terms of futures bets? Well, it gives me a little hesitation with game one lines, but as far as futures and win totals or, you know, division winners or Super Bowl picks, I don't have an issue with the abridged season at all. Because frankly, when we were discussing those on, on the Win Daily Show or on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel, which we're on, of course, Saturdays and Sundays, and Nick's, Nick joins us at times as well, of course, you know, when we talked off. about... We talked about that being a factor when we were talking about the prop bets to take. So, no, I had already built that into the props that we've given out that we've put on the website. So it doesn't. But I'll tell you, you know, we mentioned this. I just mentioned this as an aside last week. My favorite game one line is the Detroit Lions minus one and a half. It's now minus two, by the way, against those Chicago Bears. I still like that line, but I'll tell you, I don't like it quite as much, I guess, if they're not going to get really any time, because I think Detroit is a much more buttoned up team than Chicago. I still think Detroit has a big edge. I still think they're going to cover that line, but I would prefer they have a, you know, a full training camp for me to have full confidence in that bet. Mm -hmm. I still think I'll be confident in it, but those game one lines that those seem a little bit more shaky to me in terms of prediction, prediction value. That, that makes a lot of sense. I do think that's a good thing to take it, um, 
keep an eye on. And as you you said, you you snuck it in at the end of the show. I didn't know you were going to say it. And you're just like, hey, by the way, if you're trying to bet at the NFL, Detroit minus one and a half. And uh, yeah, now it's up to two. So clearly you were right again. Man, you were right again. See ya. This is incredible. He's on fire. I like Detroit this on year. Fire. <laughs> on fire. Yes, that gift was fantastic, Nick. Thank you for that. So um, a little bit more. We have a couple more things on the NFL, which I think are really interesting. So it seems every week uh, a different quarterback is working out with someone else. Uh, it was really funny. I think earlier this week or last week, Saquon and Sam Darnold were working out together. No one really knows why. I mean, I don't know why. I tried not to look too far into that one, but it's always interesting. We're seeing Josh Gordon work out with some people. Uh, Antonio Brown seems to be working out with somebody new every other week. I think he was working out with Dwayne Haskins a couple weeks ago or months ago. He was working out with Lamar Jackson, doing a lot of different things. This week, Antonio Brown is working out with Russell Wilson. It has been very commonplace. Russell Wilson has come out multiple times and said, he said he wanted Josh Gordon. He got him. Now, Josh Gordon turns out he's not Josh Gordon that we all remember from 2014. I don't know why everyone thinks he is, but he is not. Kind of didn't do it too much in Seattle. Russell Wilson works out with Antonio Brown. Russell Wilson has come out multiple times and said, I want to have Antonio Brown on my team. I don't know. Sia, do you think Antonio Brown's going to the Seahawks? Well, this is one of those teams that we talked about that would take a chance on a receiver like this. So you mentioned Josh Gordon, but remember Terrell Owens' last shot in the league, they, they gave him a shot in training camp and a couple Forgot preseason games that. as well. Yep. So, so they're not afraid. Pete Carroll, of all people, is not afraid. In fact, I think he sort of encourages it. Don't forget, he talked about bringing Colin Kaepernick in just in a, I guess it was a pre- press conference he had just a few weeks ago. And by the way, I think that's totally legit. I don't think he was saying that for the cameras. I think he wanted, I, at, at a time at least, for Kaepernick to come in. I think someone told him he wasn't allowed to bring Kaepernick in, but that's a whole other conversation. Oh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you might be right. You might yeah. be right about that, but it, it, the point no, is, is I this is the type of team that has the coach that would be like, hey, yeah, let's let's bring this guy in. So I absolutely could see it. And honestly, you know, it's funny. We, we talked about prop bets. My absolute favorite prop bet of the year, we have a lot that I like, is the 49ers to win the NFC West. And this is even on the heels of the injury to Debo. So I still like that bet. But I'll tell you, if Seattle gets Antonio Brown, all of a sudden, you know, I have a look, I have a few issues with that bet because that receiving core with the, the other two receivers they have, it's it's pretty nasty. And, and Nick, I, I don't know what your thought is on that. I mean, would the Seattle Seahawks with Antonio Brown? I mean, obviously they wouldn't be the favorite over the Niners, but would you put them on on the same playing field? Yes, I would absolutely. I think if that defense can you know keep the game close, which they they're always been a competent defense. Yeah, that'd be awesome because you can move Lockett anywhere, inside outside. Same with Antonio Brown. And Metcalf is such a you know mismatch anywhere he goes on the field. He's always going to play the outside. But yeah, that's that's tough. That opens up the whole world for Carson too. That would be a lot of fun. I I mean, just watching that video, I would love Russell Wilson and Antonio Brown together. But how long is Antonio Brown going to stay in the NFL when he comes back? You know, it's just always such a red flag. I want him back. He's so fun to watch. One of the best route runners out there. That'd be a fun. That'd be a fun team right there. They, I think, all the Vegas totals on their games would go up at least a point point and a half. So. Yes, that's what we that want would... from a fantasy perspective. It's going to be a nightmare to play what stack you want, but I think that's going to add a lot of pricing variance in there, and you know, a lot of different lineup options that you could do from a DFS standpoint. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be such a fun mind game to think about each week and really analyze what corners and what safeties are going on, what receiver. But give Russell Wilson that receiving core that would be disgusting. And it's like nothing. Russell Wilson has never had a bad receiving core but he's never had an antonio brown 
right? Like he's never had anybody that you could just say, oh, that guy, he's a top five receiver in the league, not even a question. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Russell Wilson's been able to do all of this with, yes, a bunch of dudes. I mean, Doug Baldwin, love him. He was awesome. Tyler Lockett's been absolutely fantastic. Um, who was the guy in the Super Bowl? Like Chris Matthews or something that had like 150 yards out of nowhere. That was a lot of fun. I mean, they've been able to do it, but it's mostly been their defense is competent, as you said, Nick, or really good. And then Russell Wilson's a magician. If you give him Antonio Brown and he can actually be a magician and see whatever the heck happens, that would be a lot of fun. So, Nick, I have one last question for you for Antonio Brown. We're, we see all this news. We see all these things happen. Let's say we're in a standard league. Antonio Brown still quite hasn't signed yet. We know that if he does sign, there's going to be some sort of suspension. We don't know exactly how long it's going to be. I think it's technically indefinite right now. Are you taking Antonio Brown? Is that one of the last two, three picks in your in your league just in case, just to see you know, if he comes back in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks? I would love to take him in that exact spot, the last two to three picks, but I think it, the second that he signs with the team, regardless of suspension, his name value, it, it's going to go oh, yeah. like around 10, 11, 12. So what if he hasn't it, signed with the team yet? Ooh, that's a good question. Like right now I haven't drafted him anything. I think one best ball I've done it, but again, even then he goes pretty early. Like, well, we did a 25 rounder. Mm-hmm. So that's super, super deep draft, but I think it would be like round 17 in that. So if that was a season long league, absolutely. I'd take him in, you know, rounds 15, 16, 17, but the second he signs with the team, that's going to skyrocket just because it's Antonio Brown's. The same with Gronk. He, his ADP keeps going up every single week, as it probably should. But it's just the the name value, regardless of what have you done for me lately, because I, I like to think that the public knows how much of a risk Antonio Brown is. But without him signing, I don't – on a standard season-long draft where I don't have multiple, multiple roster spots, like in a deep best ball or something like that, I'm not going to take the risk because – I still think like the receiving core right now, the receiving all the receivers out there. I think it's such a deep draft. We've talked about this multiple times. I'd rather get a guy that's got a guaranteed path to, you know, to playing time from week one and on, you know, regardless, I think we don't see Antonio Brown if he signs until week five, week six, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if he's actually broken any rules besides just kind of losing his mind there for a little bit, but I don't know. I, I don't think he's- it's worth it risk but if you get him late absolutely the upside is second to you know nobody mm-hmm. see ya. he's looking at a six to eight game suspension when he comes back I, that, that's already been sort of bandied about uh, nfl circle so i think that's sort of locked in just for just a general misconduct under some you know kind of broad term so <laughs> you're gonna have him on your bench for you know six seven eight weeks at least so that's something you're gonna have to deal with from a fantasy standpoint and then when he comes back Let's not forget, I mean, Seattle, you know, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is largely a run-first team. So, you know, you have a run-first team plus DK Met- Metcalf and plus, you know, two another two, you know, another two receivers, including the tight end. So it's it's how many targets does he actually get? So once you actually get him, you know, in your fantasy starting lineup, I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure how much impact he's going to have relative to when he was with Pittsburgh. I want to, I mean, I see you make a very clear and coherent argument, but man, Antonio Brown is so good. And I think Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson would figure out something. Maybe they, maybe they give a couple of those targets from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You give Antonio Brown five, six, seven targets, maybe, maybe a couple less rushing plays. I think it's going to turn out pretty damn well for their team overall, but I think it's pretty important. And uh, Sia, um, so you brought up uh, Debo a couple minutes ago and I'm still trying to get this radio like segue thing figured out a little bit and one thing about with Debo going down you then spoke about how Trent Taylor your inside information let's not forget that you're an insider I guess or you know somebody that is 
you told us Trent Taylor. Look out for him. Maybe grab him pretty late if you're doing some drafts right now. Well, the information is out, man. Somebody somebody said something, and, and it looks like Trent Taylor is getting some stuff. Now, we kind of joked about it a little bit. It's a reporter saying he thinks something, which is always kind of fun to us. But it looks like Trent Taylor is starting to get a little bit of love. Evo's obviously going to be out. He had a uh, Evo Jones fracture, if I'm not mistaken. We had a lot of fun with that one. So what, um, with that, I mean, do you want to pat yourself on the back? Do you want Nick and I to pat you on the back? How do you want us to go about this? All you need to do, all I want when I when I give you DJ at 80 to 1 and when I give you Doc Redmond at 50 to 1 for first round leader and when I give you Trent Taylor gold, all I want you to do with that piece of gold is to maybe fit him into your DFS lineup sometime early as like your punt play to, to, to save money so you can get some of the high end guys because that's really where I think he fits in. I don't think he's like a season long guy by any means, but I know San Francisco loves him. I know Kyle Shanahan loves him and I know he's going to be really good in those short area routes. So. Yeah, I like Trent Taylor a lot, but you know, I mean, I don't even think I'd draft him with my my last pick in a, in a year long league. But in a DFS situation with the right matchup against a you know a bad you know slot corner or what have you, yeah, he's for you know forty two hundred bucks on DraftKings. Yeah, I'll put him in there for sure. I like that, Nick. How do you how do you feel about Trent Taylor this year? <laughs> yes. No comment. Okay. No, no, I don't. I that, they they don't pass enough. I think like whatever day you do play Trent Taylor in DFS, you better get a touchdown because you know his volume is not going to be like a guy like Danny Amendola who I can't stay in the roster unless he's min price. But you know if you're looking at you're looking at last year Adam Humphreys, who it's the same style of offense as Tennessee. They're never going to pass the ball. You play Adam Humphreys, you just pray he gets two for twenty six and a touchdown, and he's min price and and hits value, and you load up on Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey with those salary relief, mm-hmm. but. So, and that, that's the point he exactly made. He's like, you know, if he, he's going to be mid-price, he's going to be super cheap. I don't see myself ever playing him unless it's like a very high total game where Sam Fran's going to play playing catch-up. I don't see that happening often this year at all because I am very high on Sam Fran as, as Sia is as well. He was first to market there. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The volume, it's literally Adam Humphreys 2019. You look at his box scores last year, they're awful. I think it's going to be the same thing. Great for a team, you know, because he could get a third, you know, third down conversion anytime in the middle of the field there. But, yeah, I don't, I have no thoughts on Trent Taylor right now at all. All right. Well, we we appreciate your honesty there. Um, I'm excited to see those rankings, and hopefully he's somewhere on there just so we can poke a little bit of fun. Oh, I just put I just put him at the last last wide receiver in uh, zero PPR. Just received. <laughs> that is hey, 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 no, no, let's be let's be real about why we're bringing it up though. This is just this is just for my entertainment yeah, and for my my own like self satisfaction because we don't think he's gonna have much of an impact. It just so happens I brought him up on the show like two weeks ago, and then we have this beat reporter saying how much you know he might have an impact. So um, you know. Just saying. See, I didn't put him in the notes. Oh, wait. You I were, did. I you did were right. Regardless of what he does this year, you were right. Exactly. Because no one, I've not heard one word of Trent Taylor at all, ever. Besides, then you're not listening to the Wind yeah. Daily show on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which yeah, then turns into a podcast to, like Cinderella's Pumpkin. A little Wind Daily bubble here. <laughs> Never heard a word of Trent Taylor. Well, here you go. And that's why, I mean, honestly, Nick, most of this show is just me kind of stroking Sia's, uh, Sia's <laughs> ego. So it, it's fine. It's really not a big deal. We do it all the time. You'll get used to it. The more you come on, don't worry, dude. With that's baseball, true, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be nice. Don't worry. Just talk about his hair next time. That's great, too. And let's, um, so, uh, what, let, let's, let's stroke Sia's ego a little bit more. Sia is a lawyer for anybody out there who did not know. And one just piece of news that I'd love to just get a little understanding of from Sia, the NFL is actually considering having fans sign a COVID waiver to be able to go to games. 
Um, as a lawyer, what exactly, what are we looking at here? And, and I guess how much of the onus is put on the people going to the game rather than the NFL allowing people go to the game? Yeah, so it's a good question because any fan that goes to the game knowing that there is a COVID risk is assuming the risk. So I don't even know that the NFL needs to have them, quote, sign a waiver, but they may as well because any attorney that's working for them is going to say, hey, protect yourself as much as possible. So if something mm -hmm. happens, like, you know, if, if a fan, you know, falls ill so that you don't get sued. So long story short, they could put on the back of the ticket that they're assuming the risk. A, a lot of, I think mm -hmm. all sports leagues have, if you actually look at the fine print on the back of a, you know, a baseball ticket, MLB ticket or anything, there'll be, there'll be all this like fine language that's going to basically re relieve the league of, and actually that happened to the MLB with a lot of the, the people who got struck by baseballs before the netting got put up. They tried to sue the MLB and the MLB turned around and said, hey, look at the back of your ticket, which of course nobody does. Absolutely. And they were like, you know, essentially they were absolved of being, you know, uh, sued. So, the NFL is just like doing this extra protection thing because this is kind of a new novel thing. But yeah, if I was an NFL attorney, I absolutely would have them sign a waiver either physically or electronically. Um, and then they probably will have something on the back of the ticket as well, just to like super protect themselves. But this would be standard operating procedure for some sort of new issue like COVID is. Interesting. I don't know, man. It just sounds, sounds like lawyers and lawyers speak and I don't understand it, so I don't believe you, and I'm already hostile. That's what I feel like about that. I do believe – I always forget to look at the back of my ticket, but then, yeah, whenever you look at it, it's just loaded with stuff that I can't read anyway. Fine print's the worst, man. Who illegalized fine print? See ya. You're working on that trademark for Universal DH. Give me something else, unpatenting fine print, so we can get rid of that because I don't think it's right. And maybe the NFL will, will hire you because you already laid everything out at that point, so they might as well just hire you. You can use that money to make more 50-to-1 shots, and we're all going to be rich. So speaking of fine print, so Cam Newton's salary is so infinitesimal that you can barely see it. So we talked about this on Tuesday, but but I kind of want to get Nick's take, not necessarily on how little Cam is being paid, because I think we kind of know why yeah. that happened. It's just a, unfortunate circumstances for Cam. But I'd like to know what Nick thinks about the Patriots and Cam Newton. Oh, man, he was very hard to do rankings just because I had him very low. I think I had him at uh, 22 right after Tannehill because I had Phil Rivers ahead of him. But I did move him up just because of the rushing ability and assuming he's 100% healthy, he's going to run the ball. That's the only way he's effective because he's not a good passer. He's kind of like Josh Allen without the hose. But when I look at uh, – when I was doing the 80-mile the projections for the hose of an arm – no, like, I know exactly what you're saying, but I was trying not to bring up Josh <laughs> Allen and, and do like this whole thing, but now I brought him up. So now yeah. Port Bills Mafia, it's at Sia Najad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. He'll, he'll, I didn't he'll even say it this time. You're going to, I didn't though, even, don't worry, we know. I'm not even the one that pointed out that Josh Allen is a terrible quarterback. I didn't say that. It, I mean, I did just now, but he's, I was really just Cam paraphrasing Newton. what Nick said. It sounds like Nick said he's Cam Newton with a better arm. That's exactly what I heard. So I don't know, Nick. Keep going. Don't worry I mean, about us. But so when I'm reviewing their uh, – so when I do my season-long projections, I go game by game, assume what the total should be roughly, and then I do my projections based off Vegas State and then the 80 model, which we'll get into later in August. But – I just see this team. The defense is so strong for the Patriots. That's going to be their bread and butter is their defense, the same as it was last year. And obviously they had Tom Brady, but it wasn't you know his best year. He didn't really have much to work with, in my opinion. I definitely don't think Brady's washed by any means for, for those Brady truthers out there. I am one of them. 
But I just I think this team is going to hold opponents to a very low scoring game often, and the upside on Cam right there is very minimal. I think he'll you know he'll get his rushing touchdowns and you know those QB draws in the red zone and the green zone if you want to call it that for inside the five. But I just don't see the pace of these games going very high. You know, he's not playing the AFC South anymore or or the NFC South anymore, where those games would go 50, 55, 60 points sometimes when Drew Brees actually passed the ball a ton and down the field. So that's my concern with Cam Newton is just like he's going to be a game manager that you have to prep for his rushing ability. So I don't really like him at all from a fantasy perspective. If, you know, DFS, we'll see what his price is. I think it's probably going to be pretty high just because of the Cam Newton name name brand just like antonio brown if he signed and and plays week eight or whenever he's back his price is not going to be low so to me it's like when i looked at the granular details of the pat schedule i just don't see them getting in a lot of shootouts and i just don't see why you'd want to probably overdraft cam newton because again the name value people are going to want him now he's in the patriots everybody think the patriots are great but he really only has edelman Nikhil harry and you know jacoby myers i guess but they have no tight end the running games, whatever. I like James White with Cam Newton because I was a little worried about him with Sidham. I didn't. I just don't necessarily know if he's got that, you know, that check down love that Cam Newton has and Tom Brady always had. So I don't know if I could go on for days about Cam Newton and why I don't like him. At I mean, his ADP is fine now, but it's going to skyrocket. I think everybody in the industry has him ranked like QB twelve or thirteen. I would never put him that high. I had a hard time putting him at fifteen on this latest one. I think Big Ben sixteen, Stafford seventeen, Burroughs eighteen. Truthfully, I would rather have all three of those guys over Cam Newton right now. Just yeah, but but Nick, before we transition out of this and into baseball, I, I do want to ask you. So, forgetting about fantasy for a second, what about? Division winner. So we, I, I ran, I ran to the computer um, for for my entertainment website only, and I got the Patriots at plus one thirty as soon as they signed Cam. Okay, but it's plus one ten now, which I actually think is still a pretty good number. I, I want to get your take on whether you think there's value at plus one ten or whether you think there's value at over nine and a half, which it moved from nine to nine and a half as soon as they signed Cam. I haven't projected for nine wins. So Vegas has a great number there. And I think for the pricing on them to win in the division, it's that's what gambling is, guys. It's getting the right price. See, you got it at plus 130. We're never going to see that again. So I'm, I'm a f- full pass on both because I was not that quick to market on anything. I didn't really look into it that much. And I didn't, you know, even 130, it's not that much value in my opinion, but that is the best number on the market right now. And that's probably the best we'll ever see. So if you didn't get 130 or if your book still has 130, 125, I'd definitely sign off on it if you want to do that, but don't take the plus 110 chalk at all. I like that. Yeah. And that that's yep. a really good point. And we actually have a uh, Bills fan in the comments right now. See, I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, first, he said Bills Mafia. Then he he asked, Nick, where do you have Josh Allen ranked? And he has Bills winning the division. So that's the other side of the argument. With Cam Newton going to the Patriots, the Bills now have better odds. They, I think they were favored to win the division or they were tied with the Patriots. Now that I, if I, the last I saw it was plus 150 for the Bills to win the Patriots. So if you thought they were going to win before and you put that bet in at plus 120 or plus 115, whatever that it was, now it's all the way up to 150. Now you can hammer that because, it, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like Nick thinks Cam Newton going to the Patriots is going to, you know, change the world there. But um, Nick, you got to answer his question. Where do you have uh, Josh Allen ranked? We yeah, have bills, to are plus, bills are plus 150 now. So yeah. if you bet him early, you got to bet him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right now, Josh Allen, he is the seventh ranked quarterback on my board, right behind Wilson and Watson. 
In my first draft, I did have Aaron Rodgers at number seven over Josh Allen, but when I went over the rushing data and everything like that and the the totals for Buffalo, I, I did give a nod up to Josh Allen. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he finished like fifth or sixth. You give him Diggs and now John Brown, you know, or John Brown and now Diggs. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, but how often are these guys going to be overthrown by 10 yards? So <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, though. The the thing that I love about Buffalo is their average depth of target is like 11 yards. When these dudes throw it, it's kind of like, you know, the Detroit Lions. They chuck the ball. Obviously, Beasley gets his his work in the middle of the field for, you know, five or six yards and just nickels and dimes them all day long, which I love for if Josh Allen was accurate. It's a perfect wide receiving core for him. You know, Beasley's going to keep him honest early, and then Diggs and John Brown could just blow the top off of everybody on the outside. So, Obviously, Josh Allen's probably working on his game. He's probably finding great quarterback coaches out there that could help him with his accuracy. He's not like he's just, you know, content with being a good quarterback in the NFL or, you know, a good fantasy quarterback, a bad quarterback in the NFL. But I just hope that I I got him at seven because I trust that he's working on his game and to the weapons out there. But uh, I was also like the only guy that I've ever seen in the industry so far to have Rodgers in the top 10. So take Aaron Rodgers, guys. But yeah, that's my take on Josh Allen. I think great fantasy quarterback, terrible real-life quarterback, but guys get better at the game. He's young, so if he found someone that could help him tone in that accuracy, it should be a really fun season for uh, Josh Allen and the Bills Mafia there. I'm, I'm all about all about Bills Mafia. I, I watched them jump through a table, and it was incredible. Them, you know, it was like three dudes jumped through a table. It was awesome. All right, see ya. What are you going to say? I was I was not going to say anything about Josh Allen. I don't want to offend uh, the the listener who just asked a question, but I uh, just wanted to point out that on the the Warren Sharp uh, strength of schedule that the Bills are seventeenth and seventeenth easiest, and then the uh, New England Patriots are twenty fourth. So that's something to keep in mind. Like obviously the Bills have an easier schedule, and honestly, if you look at the front end of the Bills schedule, which I'm looking at now, they've got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Rams, and the the Vegas Raiders as their first four games, and their fifth game is Tennessee. It's not exactly like that mm-hmm. tough. Whereas New England, their first five is Miami, Seattle, Vegas, Kansas City, and Denver. So just from the jump, it looks like New England has a tougher time. So um, that gives me a little bit less faith in my bet for sure. But I still like New England to – I just still like them to win the division. Yeah, I I thought they were going to win the division, whether it was Cam, Jared Stidham, Jacoby Brissett. Like, I don't really think it mattered. I think Bill Belichick's just better than everyone else. And – Maybe he does little things that we're not supposed to do, but I'm not here to uh, I'm not here to judge. I'm not moral authority, so I can't really say too much on that. Last uh, last NFL topic going a little longer than expected, but I really like it. So I think we're going to keep rolling with it. Um, Chris Jones. I don't know if you guys saw he had a tweet. Chris Jones of the championship Kansas City chefs. He had a tweet and he said, hey, maybe maybe I don't come back. Um, Maybe, you know, I don't really like this franchise tag. Maybe I don't want to come back. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about that? I love Chris Jones. Me too. He's hilarious. Get back to Kansas City, man, because he's he's a one man run stopper. Love him. End of story. Sound of Casey. I'm, I don't think well, that's the argument. We all know he's really good. I think he wants to get paid. Is is the argument? I think. And if he's not there, Mahomes, because Mahomes, what is he only making like eight hundred k this year? You would assume that they are working on a long term deal. So I mean, yeah, I guess that Chris Jones is probably the odd man out on the payroll there. But I don't know. I would just. Give him a blank check. We need you, buddy. Hang on. <laughs> I, I Hang agree. On. Yeah, I'll Nick, read it. Nick. I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay, okay, because I, I, you, you got to correct yeah. yourself here, buddy. I got it. Mr. Coat is on the line. I think oh, you, man, Mr. Coat, if, if you're listening, 
let me know. I'll send you the link. We'll bring you on right now. But um, if anybody saw on the internet, I, I may have mispronounced Chris Cody's name, uh, famously of the Lebertard show. I tell my friends this and they're like, how the hell do you not know who this guy is? How do you mispronounce his name? I'm sorry. You know, it's a little picture. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the moment. It's live. It's difficult. Um, but I really appreciate that Mr. Coat thinks that the best quarterback in the AFC East is Tua. I respect the hell out of that. So, Chris Cody, thank you for coming back, saying hi. That, um, first of all, yeah, I apologize that's again. Actually, that, that's actually a fact. I think Tua, I mean, he's not going to be this year, but I actually think he is the best quarterback in the AFC East if, if, we, if we're projecting out a few years. Um, but more importantly, we have you have decided to take on a, a grid of death punishment. Yes. If, if if Chris Cody signs off on it, you are going to in a forty eight hour period watch all nine. I think there's nine yes. uh, Fast and Furious movies on live on Instagram as uh, as a proxy for Chris Cody's grid of death punishment. So we just yes. need Chris to sign off on that. Or I'll I guess actually, he probably needs Dan to sign off on it. I, I did the math and uh, we are actually going to do this next Sunday, not this Sunday. We're going to do it next Sunday, starting at seven o'clock in the morning. If we start at seven in the morning, we actually finish all nine by one o'clock the next morning. So we're actually going to do it in a 24 hour period. So if Chris and Dan are OK with that, um, I think we're going to do it either way at this point, because why not? So I'm going to take the 48 hours out. I'm going to go straight to 24 and, and hopefully he's okay with that. So Mr. Coat, just let me know, just sign off, shoot me a message. Uh, DMS are absolutely open for you. And uh, yeah, we, we can chat, we can talk, man. We can absolutely talk about that. So I think it's the 11th. So everybody else write it down on your calendars um, and get ready for a, I think it's 18 hour live stream. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait. Hold on, Michael. So, so I, let's be clear here because if we're going to get, if we're going to get Chris to sign off on, it, I want to make sure that he is confident in the parameters that you have set out for yourself, which, yes. which is live on Instagram. You are going to be filming it the whole time you watching fast and furious. Yes, correct. I don't know if you can live stream for that long on Instagram. I think Instagram kicks you off after a certain period of time, but we will be able to live stream in some capacity, whether that is on Twitch, whether that is on Periscope. Yes, we will live stream the entire thing. It will be me and my cousin, Justin. Um, he graciously said he would he would help me through this process of all nine Fast and the Furious movies. So yes, next Sunday, my girlfriend is, I guess, fiance's away on her bachelorette party. and Not for I, long, buddy. <laughs> And I have literally nothing else to do. So um, I will, I'm sure I'll have to miss the show, unfortunately. So I can't listen to the Wind Daily show, 7 to 9 on Sirius XM 21087, uh, just for a little extra plug there. But yes, if he's comfortable with it, if Dan is comfortable with it, I will, I will watch all nine Fast and the Furious movies, which includes the Hobbs and Shaw, which was probably my favorite, um, in a less than 24 hour period. So if I may, because I, I kind of want to like peek in and, and watch with you to some yep. degree. So are you going to have the camera situated so that we can see you watching it, but we can also watch some Fast and Furious action? I think that's illegal. And I think then our stream gets hmm. shut down. I think that's the only thing, because then people could just watch the Fast and the Furious. You know, they do it with like uh, UFC fights all the time, you know, so that might that might get into some stuff. But I'll, I'll make sure to turn the camera so people know that we're watching. We'll also commentate throughout of course I but i feel like as an attorney i should have known the answer to that question and i didn't yeah, well, so i feel okay. a little bit you're our attorney see it don't hey. worry you're not you're not vin diesel's okay. attorney it's fine okay. yeah don't do. don't worry we're just fine there so that is uh yes that is some news so if you are still out there listening if you are checking out the podcast and you made it to this point look be on the lookout because i am i think i'm excited but I don't know how long that excitement's going to last once we get to like Tokyo Drift at like one o'clock in the afternoon, realizing I have another 12 <laughs> hours to go. It's going to be difficult. I can't wait. 
It's going to be difficult. Um, all right, let's Nick, we brought you on to talk about MLB and we're about almost an entire hour. in, so I think the show's going to go a little long boys. I hope you guys are cool with that, but we have to talk about some MLB. We got some over unders to talk about. We're very excited. So when C and I did this show on Tuesday or when was this? Yeah, I actually don't even remember. They did not have the over unders out yet. So now we do have them. They have come out. I think it was last Thursday. Now that I think about it. The over unders have come out and we we've picked a couple teams that we think are going to be interesting from the over perspective and from the under perspective. looks like we have a lot more unders. One thing I do want to start out with, though, with the MLB, and really, I mean, obviously, it's all of these leagues. Players are starting to opt out, saying that, hey, you know, we we are deciding not to play, whether that's uh, there's been, I think, a pregnant wife, I think a, a child with, um, you know, I can't remember exactly what the disease or, or the ailment is, but, you know, if anything happens, unfortunately, you know, that kid's obviously a high risk. So there's a little, th- a couple things that are going on. So just a few players. We have Ian Desmond, we have Mike Leak, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross, and I see Sean Doolittle here. I did not see that. So if he, he's out too, uh, that's not great. So I mean, he, yeah. he did an interview today and or yesterday. It was pretty awkward, he, you know, cause it's, I think his wife's susceptible to, okay. You know, sickness so he was you know that obviously hurts the nationals if he's out but it's just yeah it's just a weird time all around right now zimmerman ross and Doolittle from the nationals not uh not the easiest pill to swallow for them so in in those terms so now we have those i mean mike leak i don't think that does literally anything i think mike leak's pretty bad if anything it kind of helps out the diamondbacks but um in terms of some over unders we have a couple teams here uh a few i put down a few you guys put down in one division that it, I I think it's going to be really difficult. We get all these overs, but it looks like we have the Indians over at 32, the Reds over at 31.5, the Brewers over at 30.5. Uh, just to preface for anybody out there listening, that region we'll call it AFC Central or A- AFC Central, um, AL Central and NL Central has the Royals, the Tigers, and the Pirates, who are most likely going to be three of the worst teams in the league, and that's where a majority of each of those teams' schedules are going to be. So. Sia, let's start with you. I know you're you're pretty high on the Indians. Uh, thirty-two and a half. Do you think that's or thirty-two? Uh, how how excited are you to run to your sports book and give them money? Yeah, I don't like a lot of overs, but that's one of the ones I like for the reasons you just said. I mean, they get so many games. So one thing, and I'd like Nick's opinion on this. One thing that I'm sort of fixated on is because we have this condensed schedule, we're not going to have teams or players sort of taking a day off or a series off or, or taking a team for granted. Every team knows that they sort of have to go full force for every game. So knowing that I just feel like these bottom feeder teams, and, and I'll give you an example, the Orioles are 20 and a half. I've heard a couple people just on other networks say that they, they kind of like the over on the Orioles. They mentioned the Marlins too, which is a different argument, of course. But I don't see how the Orioles string one-third of their games as wins. I, I don't see it because there's – and it's the same argument for the Indians with respect to the bottom feeder teams that they play. So, no, I still like that over. It's, it's really all about matchups. It's all about schedule. I'm not big on the Indians this year, but with the teams they have to play, I'm pretty big on them. Yeah. And, and Nick, I guess, you know, your resident, I guess, central region fan, you got your White Sox cap on, which is a pretty sweet cap, by the way. I just wanted to say Thank that. You. Uh, talk to us about the AL Central, the NL Central, because it seems like a lot of the teams we have here, whether I mean, I don't believe in coincidences, but it seems like a lot of the teams we have here are coming out of the Central in some capacity. Uh, how do you feel about it? What are what are your thoughts on the I guess the region overall? So I think the Minnesota Twins can walk backwards and win the AL Central as much as I love the White Sox. I love the future of them. But 
I don't, I don't think they're ready for that. So many young bats in that lineup. And, you know, Edwin Encarnacion is a very good pickup for us. But that dude, if you look historically, he needs like a month and a half until he starts seeing the ball well. So that's obviously going to hurt. So we're going to have to rely on young bats again. I, I, I love Eloy. I love Luis Robert. Um, Magical, I think, is going to make the lineup too. But I, I don't necessarily know that the bullpen's ready. And that's where I love the Twins. I just think these guys are just loaded top to bottom in their lineup. You know, Donaldson, all the like, they're going to have a great D8. One through nine is going to be a really good lineup. Like, good luck stacking the Twins, maybe one through eight. They're going to have eight great bats every single game. That, and then their pitching is fine. I don't like their starting pitching that much, but they got Maeda now, or Rayu, or they got they got no, Maeda. They got Maeda. They have yeah. Maeda. They, they picked up Homer Bailey, if that means anything, and I think Rich Hill as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Rich Whatever, but Rich Hill's going to give you the ball until he yeah. gets a blister. But yeah, again, that that Twins team is just so experienced, and they're they're going to win games. So I think that the Twins again, easy win for the AL Central. White Sox and Indians will be competitive. I really like the Indians again with the DH because they have so many loaded bats in that outfield. You know, I love Fran Mil Reyes. I think he's a very underestimated player. Exit velocity just king, and they got Greg Allen to line up the shields to steal bases at any time, especially with the runner on second rule that they're going to do in extra innings. I you know always put one of those guys out there. Oscar Mercado, one of the greatest young players out there in the AL right now. And then Domingo Santana, another guy that could run, hit. You know, they, they're just loaded. Um, and then, you know, Cookie, Carlos Carrasco's fr- finally healthy. You know, he, yeah. he had a scare last year, so good for him. I think their pitching is just very, very solid. Their bullpen's going to be good. So, again, it's those two teams for me. I wish I could say the Sox are going to be a contender. I just don't think it's happening this year. But they're going to be fun in the future. But then the NL Central, man, that is an absolute toss-up. Obviously, you could write out the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't think they're as bad as people say. I, I really like some of their young pitching. But, man, I don't know. The Cubs, they obviously benefit from the DH greatly. Mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals, I don't I don't see how they're very good at all. At plus 240 to win that division, I would just scratch that completely. But the Reds, the Reds are my favorite team. I think when I talked to Jason, this was during a uh, Sirius XM XFL slate breakdown. We were talking about the Cincinnati Reds. I think they were plus 350 at the time. So that was the time to get them, plus 265 now. A little scary, but I think that team is going to have a very solid bullpen, very competent starters. Trevor Bauer, you know, you never know what, what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get 140 pitches whenever he wants to throw 140 pitches. No one takes Trevor Bauer out of the game besides himself. But I, I love that Reds team. Great American small park. It's going to be hot. You know, we're getting in the dog days of baseball the second we start baseball. So that's great for the Cincinnati Bats. Um, Brewers. I hate their starting pitching, but that team knows how to win games. They can manage runs. They're going to play small ball. They can hit the long ball as well. So I don't like the Cardinals. I think this is really a three-man division with the Cubs, Reds, and Brewers, and I would give the nod to the Reds, especially at plus 265. I think that's pretty good value. I think when I bet them early was like plus 360, but I don't know if that bet's walking or not. Like, is that still a good bet? I don't know. I haven't even checked the book on pending bets. I should do that, but – yeah, I, I never want to write off the Brewers just because that team knows how to win. They, they've, you know, when they played the Dodgers in the NLCS two years ago, that team wasn't that good on paper. So they, I, they just know what to do. So I like them. I don't like the Cardinals. I think they're more of uh, the name value is why they're plus two forty because St. Louis Cardinals, baseball city in the Midwest, whatever. Oh, but best fans in baseball. Come on. That's what. Yeah, that's what they say. But they scream at every fly ball too, just like Wrigley. So. Oh. Just like Yankee fans, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. I I think I'm I'm excited. I think the a uh, the AL and NL Central is going to be the most 
I mean, not like competitive. It's just going to be the most for sure. AL yeah, Central. NL Central is going to be very competitive. The AL Central, I think, it's going to be as you said, two man race. It's going to be the Twins and it's going to be the Indians. I think the Twins do take it, but I think they're over under. What we have here is like thirty six and a half, if I'm not mistaken, which is a little high. I would still probably lean to. Oh no, it's thirty four and a half. Nah, maybe I would just take that outright. I mean, thirty five wins. That doesn't seem that crazy, considering again. Let's just remind everybody, the Twins are going to play 10 games against the Royals and 10 games against the Tigers. 20 games against legitimately the two worst teams in the entire MLB. Now, of course, they're not going to go 20-0, and 0, but if they went 15-5... and, five, and Yeah, that's that's 14 and I would. That's what I mean. Like, I would not be surprised if they go 15-5 and five in those games. Like, that's yeah, the I thing. Yeah, I can see that. Like, so, I mean, the, the Twins, I would really like that. I, my favorite bet is still going to be the Indians at plus 30 or um, over 32. I think that one's the most important. And, and I agree with you, man. The Reds, they get a lot of help with being summer, being in just a ridiculous bandbox, which I don't know if you guys know what a bandbox is. I don't. I just know it's a baseball term, so we say it. So I know it's small, and they're going to hit a lot of home runs. And I agree with you. I think the Brewers are just a little bit smarter than everyone else to go one game or two games above 500. So I think that part's pretty uh pretty important. And I guess let's um let's speed this up a little bit. Let's go to the unders now. So there's a couple teams we have for the unders. I personally think the Dodgers under 37. I just think that number is crazy high. That's just going to be so so difficult. The West is a very weird collection of teams, right? The Angels are solid. The Rockies are probably not going to be great, but they'll put up a little bit of a fight. Uh, the A's, solid again. Um, the Padres should be okay. Like I think the Dodgers absolutely win that division. I don't really think the Diamondbacks, pretty solid again. I think the the Dodgers win that division. 37 is just such a high number. Um, Sia, do you, I mean, do you think there's going to be a team that's 37 and 23? Like That just seems like a ridiculous record in my opinion. Yeah, probably not. And, and that's probably that number probably went up a, a, a tick or two, like a game or, or a half a game just because the Dodgers get bet so much. So, you know, teams like that, there's just not going to be value in, in a win total there or or an outright World Series win. But I'll tell you, speaking of World Series, and you know, we talked about this again on SiriusXM, which, by the way, I think is free right now. Um, so if you're not a SiriusXM subscriber or member or whatever the terminology is, um, it's free for now. I know at least through the July 4th weekend. So um but the point is, we mentioned it last week on Saturday. I like the Diamondbacks at 45 to 1. I think there's value there. Again, it's not, I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but I think they've strung together enough pitching and they've got enough bats to consider them at a 45 to 1 number. So that's really the only thing I'm staring at from a, mm-hmm. a West standpoint. Yeah. I mean, Mad Bum, I think, is an absolute. Um... Great, great signing. And Zach Gallen, you brought him up as well. I think that was very underrated. They actually got Zach Gallen from the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken, last year at the trade deadline when they were wheeling and dealing everybody. And they they lose Granky, but got Gallen. And it kind of, I'm not going to say it offset because you're not going to offset Zach Granky, but it didn't really hurt the team. They were still in the wild card race up until about the last week of the season last year, which I think is pretty important. Um, Nick, outside of the White Sox, are there any other unders? that you're you're all about you're looking to uh you're looking to take this year yes the uh red Sox. so anything Sox related i am under on even though i love the white Sox, they are my team the red Sox. to me it's just like a a strange book viewing when i see that they're plus eight, they're eight to one to win the east but they have thir- 31 and a half win total and you know what should win that division is probably 34 35 games that just seems like such a big discrepancy for me so i'm going to take the under on boston i don't like their starting pitching very much 
I do like Jose Peraza as a fantasy sleeper this year, yes. guys. If he Last bats pick. early in the lineup and bats second, could get some seals on him, but or bats first or second and play second. Sorry, talking all over the place, but that's pretty much it. It's just you know eight to one in the vid- win the division, thirty one and a half games. They got to play the AL East and the NL East. NL East is just like the NL Central. It is a complete toss up. Very competitive teams there, so I do not like the Red Sox at all. Um, I would probably take them under 30. If you got 30 flat, I would bet them down to that. I don't see them getting 500 this year. Um, and then there's one other, the Padres. So they are second in to win the division on DraftKings Sportsbook, but they are third in win totals. So I think this is a bad booking error. Probably, you know, um, I'm not going to talk bad about DraftKings, but I'm sure they're using a European odds provider, which is not good for the American sports betting industry um we could talk about that another day but that's just a book error for me i don't see the padres having any any chance of winning 30 games i love that team again it's the same with the white Sox. i i value the padres and the white Sox the exact same going to be great in the future but they're third in the division and win total but they're second in the division odds so uh something's off there one way or the other I, i like the other on the padres for sure Interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, that is a conversation I would like to have um, using European. Yeah, they're uh, they should be derivative markets, and they're not. So yeah, I could teach you all that someday. Yeah, and I don't know what that means. So as we were talking about before, <laughs> now I'm just angry at you because you're making me feel bad. Derivative, uh, like no, if one thing's this, the other thing's always going to be this. Yes, isn't that arbitrage? Isn't that how Sia arbitrage? Does that mean anything? Um, I'd just like to say I have no idea. Okay, Thank cool, you. Cool, cool. Thank I'm glad you I was able for- to contribute. Thank you to our lawyer, Sia. Um, Bills fans, that is Sia Najad. Sia Najad. Uh, specifically, James. James you know all the big words. You'd think, right? Um, I think I think that's a pretty solid show. I think we did pretty good. There's a couple other things on our notes, but we're just at about an hour now. And if we go any farther, I think it's going to be like an hour 25, which I'm cool with. But I'm sure, you know, Sia has kids. I don't know. Actually, you said you use this as an excuse to not see your kids, so maybe we can go further. But I think Let's we did. Michael, Michael, my, my my kids and my wife. I I I'd, I'd like to have excuses to not see any of them. Okay, she's just deal. in the other room, by the way. She's perfectly awake, but uh, here I am. Talk too loud, then. Don't wake don't don't wake anybody up. Let's, I'm uh, I'm joking. Voices obviously, <laughs> of course. Totally joking. We got you. We got you. Um, but no, great show, gentlemen. Really appreciate you, Nick. Where can uh, where can everybody talk to you about NFL and MLB? At Sticks Picks, S T I X P I C K S. And boys, I know oh. we could probably do another one next week. We talk about uh, Universal DH. I know everybody's gung ho about that pitching. A lot of stuff. It, uh, about sorry, it's actually uh, trademark pending. Uh, UDH. I came up with it. So Sia is right. getting all that stuff together for me uh, in the the lawyer world. So we should be good there. And yes, Nick will also send you pictures of him golfing, his mustache, as well as his scorecard. Those are yeah, always fun. I really do. Personal best, uh, 77 from the back tees, so plus five on the day, but I was minus one on the back nine. I've never shot under par on a nine, so I'm going to drink all night probably for that. So Our very own Nick is practicing for the Outlaw Tour so that we can right. select him in DraftKings. You guys ready? I need a caddy. Let's go. My dream come true is to be able to have a DraftKings slate where I can pick Nick Brettwish. That's Min my dream. salary. Min price, and I'll probably shank it the day, but you could roster me maybe. I'll yeah. got to talk to the outlaw tour. We'll, we'll see what they're up to. I my brother's to be- in Arizona right now. I can have him talk to them for you. Yeah, get him up. I want my sponsor to be Ask Jeeves, though. I want to wear an Ask Jeeves hat. Remember those guys? Yeah. 
Yeah, the search engine. I don't think they have money to sponsor you, dude. I don't think that's... (laughs) Appreciate you, Nick. We really do. (laughs) Nick is also in the Discord. Nick's getting everything together for MLB and NFL, so we're very, very excited about that. Get ready for all the live streams that will ever happen. I think we're going to be doing them very, very soon. Um, Very excited. Should be up next week, just so everybody knows they are done. We We are ready to go. If there's anything that we're missing, I think we did it half-point PPR and full-point PPR. So if there's anything you want to see on a custom league scale, just let me know. And I could just plug it into my system. It should pop something out for you. So just let me know. I'm sorry. Incredible. Uh, I, I'm in a very wacky custom league, so I might actually just do that personally. Yeah, but um, see, ya, uh, where can all the Bills fans find you on Twitter? The Bills fans. You're reminding me. I can't believe how much uh, how much shit Nick was talking about Josh Allen. I can't believe I'm a big Josh Allen guy, James. I'll tell you that right off the bat. So, James, if you need to find Nick, again, at Sticks Picks, but um, if you want to find me just to talk about my hair or something, it's at S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. Yes, and you can talk to him about hair and golf. Um, everybody is in the Discord. I'm just there for fun, but you can actually ask questions to Nick and Sia, and they can probably answer them, which is always great. Discord is free for three days. Go in there, check it out, win some money. We have bets, we have picks. Go to the website, windailysports.com. Go to our Twitter page if you're not watching it right there now. Awesome announcement video. We hear that people in the industry really love announcing things now. So we have a pretty awesome announcement video up there as well. We have some incredible people joining the team from a couple different places. Brian Tulloch. We have Matt Rogers. We have Matt Vecchio, Adam Sturgis, some incredible, incredible dudes in the industry. We love them all. And we very much appreciate having them on the team. And uh, yes, Nick, yeah, you can. Story, those were the uh, first guys I ever worked with in the DFS community. So it's awesome to see them back. I love every one of those guys. They're, they're great at what they do. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome team here once sports come back up at Win Daily. So, I mean, we're going to be so active in Discord, too. That's another thing. More heads and, and more, you know, smart people that are willing to help you out and tell you how to, you know, build your lineups and what contests to go to. It's going to be awesome. I can talk it's about it. It's going to be awesome. Another they taught hour. Nick everything. They taught Nick everything he knows. And you have already heard how much you love Nick and how much we appreciate <laughs> him as well. And yes, don't forget, uh, you can find me at Michael Raziel one on Twitter. And next Sunday, everybody, we'll we'll double check with Mr. Coat. I'll take that clip. I'll send it to him. Hopefully he retweets it again. We'll see what the internet thinks if they're cool with me watching all Fast and the Furious movies in a one. I, I call it a one sleep. So I wake up and then I watch them all before I go to sleep again. That is the goal. Um, so very excited about that. But everybody, thank you so much. And we really, really hope you make it a 50 to one, 50 to one night. See, I think that's a pretty good one, right? Yeah, in an 80 to one night, maybe. Oh, yes. Know. We hope you make it an 80 People to one People hit night. those sometimes, too. Only if you listen to our show. Thanks, everybody.